Imagine what it'd be like if we were really curious about each other. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Welcome, everyone who is listening. My name is Anthony Bartuli. I am gratefully part of Larger Story Ministries in some capacity. I know Kip Crab is part of my small group. Very grateful for the work that is being done in Larger Story. This is a podcast that's part of the Relational Spirituality series, and I was asked by Kip at some point to, to do one of these podcasts. And immediately what came to my mind was to meet with these two dear friends of mine, Tim Burke and Duncan Sprague. I'll let them introduce themselves to you. But I just want to think about a, a question that Larry always used to ask. And uh, Tim and Duncan, the question is, where's your red dot? Like, how are you coming into the time? The red dot idea is the way that Larry talked about it was you go into a mall and you don't know where your store is, you look on the map and you see the red dot and it says, you are here. So the question is, where are you? Where are you as you come into this listening to us? Where are we? I'll tell you right now, I'm excited. But if I'm to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous because we're coming into this and it, this is unscripted. This is not something that we've prepared a lot for. We are trusting that the Spirit's going to lead us in His direction as we talk about something really neat that the Spirit did among the three of us for a good three years, maybe even longer than that, and with the hopes that you find something good and encouraging through, through what the Lord had given us and really continues to give us as friends because we're just, the three of us are friends now, soul friends, how however Larry might call it, but yeah, we're friends for the journey. And uh, so it's a wonderful thing, but I'm going to let these guys just introduce themselves and then we'll just jump into it. So whoever yeah. wants to go I, Larry Crabb is our common denominator. He's the one that kind of is responsible for getting us together. But yeah, Christine and I's lives came crashing down and God put Larry right in the midst of that and met him and he started walking with me and then God used him in unbelievable ways. Then we became dear friends and one of the dearest times of our lives was, you know, our times with Larry. And then I remember us, the three of us and our wives at Larry's for a Super Bowl party and that was when not, not much of a super bowl yeah <laughs> but that was Anthony. Anthony was the one that had the idea of us getting together i believe and that had no idea i didn't know you guys that well but i had no idea that it would have to be as great and meaningful and fulfilling as it was yeah, and that's, I think all of us came into that time hungry for something. I think God had already raised a, 
an appetite for us to have a spiritual father. I think all of us would say Larry filled a place that he was a friend, but he was also a step or two ahead of us in the ways that we were processing life. He had gone through some of his own midlife crashes, and uh, we'd gotten a front row seat to that. And we watched this man walk with dignity, with humility, with some angry outbursts. <laughs> um, it was all there. And he just let us have a front row seat to it. And there was something a- attractive about that where I think all of us found ourselves mutually encouraged to have a man like that pour into us. And there we were, February 2nd, 2014, going to watch the Denver Broncos beat the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. And that didn't happen. (laughs) In fact, it was one of the most lopsided games early on in the game. And maybe this was a, a gift to us. It wasn't much of a game. And the Broncos got demolished. And so we had a lot of great conversation. And there was just something that I think there was an itch that all of us had that Anthony said, hey, we should we should carry this conversation forward. Let's you guys have any interest in doing Saturday mornings together. And that was the beginning of a number of years of regularly getting together when we were all in town at a local Panera back in the back corner. Same place, same time, every week. And it was just a rich corner. And now when I still go into that place, I can't help but think that corner, is a, it's a sacred place for me. It, it, there's many sacred conversations that began there. Yeah, and I look back and I, I can see that spot as well. And when we started going, tell me if you guys would agree, but we didn't really have much of a plan. It was really more to just to be together and what we're doing today, just see where the spirit would take us. Um, so I, I just remember the time feeling very unforced. It wasn't something that we were trying to pull off, but rather something that the spirit was doing among us. And we were together to try to discover what it was the Spirit was saying. And Tim, you mentioned something interesting about your life falling apart. And Duncan and I could definitely put words to how our lives have fallen apart in the past and and how Larry, as Duncan mentioned, has been a spiritual father, had been a spiritual father to us and, and walking us through some very difficult times. Mine with a church that was a beautiful thing, but ended up ending really hard and difficult for me and put me into a time of transition where I just had no idea what was, what God was doing. And I was scared. I, I had been a pastor my whole life. I didn't, wasn't really trained for anything else. And I was finding it difficult to find any jobs at that time in my life. And providentially, I would say this group between the three of us started and It felt like God was going before us and it was truly a gift. And you guys continue to be a gift, of course, to me. And I know the feelings mutual, but I always just sensed that he was going before us and what a sweet gift it's been for a long time. It was. And it, when you think back on it, we all went through difficult stuff financially and jobs and kids and all sorts of things. And, and I think what made it 
special was like what you said, Anthony, we had no plan or game plan. It was just, you know what? We're just three guys. We love Jesus and we haven't figured this life out yet, but let's just get together. And the Lord just takes it from there. And so I remember every single time out of the countless times we've got together. I'm every single time I would walk away so much more encouraged, just so much more hopeful, more full of life. And it just stirred the spirit in me to where it's, man, yeah, you know what? I can make it. I can keep going. Anthony's doing it. Duncan's doing it. We're going through this and hard times and God keeps doing whatever he does. And I always walked away encouraged. And I, I think there was a change. And so my red dot then when we first started getting together is different than my red dot now. When I get together online with you two all day yesterday, we had difficulties trying to get on yesterday. And I was so frustrated after we got off. I'm going, why didn't that work? We got to give this gift of our friendship to the world. And then I thought maybe that was its own pressure to, to do something, show something. And I thought God just gave us a gift of, oh, let's have a, the anxiety of, we, we haven't chatted together. It's been a year, probably, maybe yeah, probably longer. Three yeah. Years, yeah. And so, but this is what I love about friendships like this. You pick right up. And you just keep going. It, you know that a whole year has gone by and we haven't tracked with each other. But there's something about walking with somebody below the surface, uh, under the waterline, where you go, I know this person's soul. As I look at the screen, I'm looking at two friends now. So when, I, when we first started meeting together, I'm thinking, this is my friend, Anthony Bartuli. And Anthony and I, we go way back to graduate school with Larry. Yes. But he already had a master's degree coming into it. I was going after my first. And then he kept going. He went on, did a doctoral piece. And I'm sitting there going, my friend is smart. He's read a lot of books. He's written. And so there was the, my red dot then was, I got to be impressive with my friend. But he was more, I was more concerned about being impressive than being a friend. And that was the same pressure as yesterday. I, I wanted people to be impressed with the three of us. And then Tim, I love that right now, larger story is doing the book of the month is Soul Talk. And mm -hmm. I'd forgotten. I just went back through it. And Tim, your story is in that book. Oh, yeah. And it's Larry talking about his red dot as he meets with you. And he tells some of your story, which you've been at the top of your career, as high as you can go, a pitcher in the National League. And I remember thinking oh man, this guy has, he's really achieved something. <laughs> and so the pressure when we first started meeting, and Larry, I love the way he describes his red dot and getting with you. Larry says, I'm pretty good with words. I wonder if I can zing a few past him and get him to strike out on me. <laughs> I just see yeah, the pressure. <laughs> yeah. So I love the fact that now as we get together, I don't see my former pitching friend and my highly educated friend. I see my friends. And, and there's something that God does in a community, a band of brothers, a band of sisters. When real life gets shared, all of a sudden, 
I work with military ministry, one of the things I'm doing. And at some point, the, the stripes come off the arms and the rank and the everything comes off. And all of a sudden, we're all standing at the foot of Jesus and it's level ground. And that's what I loved with what Larry created a, a space for was he just was not that enamored with titles and positions and things like that. And so my red dot now is I'm spending two, time this morning with two of my close friends, and I can't wait for the world to see these are my friends. I, I think of Paul. 82, I think, 82 names are associated with him. Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Timothy, Paul. And I sit there and go, oh, if somebody ever tells the gospel according to Duncan, they're going to see <laughs> Duncan and Tim, Duncan and Anthony. These are going to be front row folks that I did life with. And yet we've never done ministry externally together, but none of us would be doing the ministry we do apart from the ministry we do internally with one another. So that's where my red dot stirs me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, it's funny. You were talking about life falling apart and transition and all this stuff. And now like, I remember going through these tough times with you guys when we, and this was back 2014, we started. And so yeah. nine years ago, and then you, the three of us went through difficult times together, all of us, and they were difficult times. And, and now I am in a transition in this next few months. The Lord's going to have to figure something out just with me. I'm in the hockey world, walking with hockey players and stuff, but my role is being handed over to a hockey couple that ha that is, it's a step up, it's a step forward, but it's hard on me financially and all this stuff. And so the Lord's going to figure it out. But I, I remember going through this in 15 with you guys and I am much more on solid ground nowadays going into this i'm prepared to go into this knowing it's in so lord i've seen you do this so many times in our lives and others and duncan's and he's gonna do something and i know it and his track record is crazy like in two days from this taping is going to be our 41st birthday. Christine and I, 41 years, we came to the Lord 41 years ago, uh, August 25th. And so the two of you we, came to Christ yeah, together. Yeah, that was oh, awesome. Wow. In the minor leagues in Buffalo, wow. New York. And Buffalo, that'll drive you to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to anyone who's from Buffalo listening. My like, son is getting ready to move up to upstate New York, so I'll make sure that he's he, that he hears that. <laughs> but it was like I was just thinking while you were talking, Duncan. Man, I'm gonna have times of panic, and but it's no, I I've seen him work so much over just my 41 years of knowing him. He's been at work a lot longer than that. His track record goes back thousands of years to eternity past, and he's been flawless. So it doesn't mean it doesn't come without hardship, but it's going to be okay. And yeah, I think through those times, the three of us together, I think it's really, 
I'm feeling some good fruit from it right now, just from coming into a transition time. It just feels different than it did back then. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And you say you feel like you're on solid ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, can you I, say I, more about that? I feel like I don't know what the Lord's going to do. I'm not sure how this is going to work out. I have no answers, no possible, no possibilities. And we have to get for two more years till I can get to social security time. And so, yeah, there's no, but gosh, the Lord, he's, he just knows he does it. He loves us. Hears he will do something. And so it's exciting to, cause it hasn't kicked in yet. I'm still getting paid yeah. for a little longer. Okay. So it yeah. might change in the next month or two, but <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel really, I know that he will do something and it'll be so odd. It'll be so weird that it will be obviously from him. And then we'll, Christine and I'll sit back and go, man, Lord, you mm. are incredible. And mm -hmm. that's what it's all about. When you're, as you're talking here, I'm, I'm remembering a couple of things. One, Duncan, how ironic you would talk about how you felt about us when we first were meeting. I, I truly did feel intimidated by the two of you. I, I felt, I felt in some ways, I was lagging behind. Maybe that was true in some ways, but as we continued to meet, yeah, it, it, I would say the same thing you said, Duncan. We we truly became brothers, and I would I'd use this word to to describe both of you, and that is a, an increasing solidness that I see both in both of you guys that comes from dealing with very uncertain times and in the middle of the uncertainty. And I was just reading this in one Larry's book, when God's ways make no sense. He talked about three different ways of approaching life. You'll remember these. The first one is resist and run, which comes from Jonah. The second one is distort and deny, which was Paul before he was converted. And then Habakkuk, which was tremble and trust. And I felt it, it felt like when we were together, we were learning that third way of being trembling and trusting because we were all dealing with job uncertainties. And that's just so difficult on a man in general. When we, the three of us had been ministering for years, and, and then hit with uncertainties like that. Now, what does it mean to tremble in trust? And the trembling, I felt like we did this together. We felt the freedom to really struggle in the present moment together. And a lot of times what happens in groups, at least groups that I had been in, there, there was, there's no sense of, there's no place for present struggle. You can talk about past struggle, right? but to be able to talk about present struggles that have not been resolved, 
and then have that response be one of safety and not people trying to fix you or give you advice or throw some Bible verses at you. That just was such a blessing to me to be able to freely struggle in the present moment and really learn. And I'm still learning. I'm trembling and trusting. And there's things I'm facing today that feel uncertain and just having the freedom to tremble about it and be tremble about these things. And then the trust comes as well. But I, I think that was one of the gifts of our time together. And it lingers, it lingers today. Yeah. And, it, and it, I think left on our own, we're going to tremble longer before we trust. But when we're walking together, trust comes hand in hand when we're walking together and we're in it together and I know Anthony struggled with this stuff and man, Duncan, I know, man, he's working, having to redo bathrooms and all this stuff <laughs> ministry and trying to fill in the gaps. And it's, but we just remind each other of God and him being in the midst of our lives to where every time we got together, it was a perspective fixer because <laughs> I, I I'm stuck myself too long I'm just gonna I'm my perspective is gonna be off that's all there is to it but when we get together it's oh yeah that's right oh god yeah I remember him I forgot about guy and stuff and oh yeah man. oh yeah god <laughs> yeah and he is oh my gosh he is actually bigger than my problem and so it's like, oh, hey, yeah, and he loves me. And then, but we're in together, and then the trust comes out of the tremble. Yeah. Yeah. There were plenty of times when we borrowed trust from one another because we go, I don't have it in and of myself. And I'm too weak right now. And I've got blinders on. I'm not seeing the bigger picture. And part of getting together was, confessing our sins. And sometimes it was the sin of, I'm I'm just willfully not seeing God in the middle of this. <laughs> I'm willfully choosing to cling on to my own control, my own management, my own whatever. But I, I love, Anthony, that you brought up the idea that what keeps us from trusting is also a refusal to tremble. <laughs> we don't. And I often wondered, what keeps me from trembling in the middle of it is it's my own self-confidence. Oh, I can handle this. I'm, I can, a real man would deal with this. And there is a sense in which even my red dot with you guys, I was intimidated by what you had done, thinking that somehow God was super, super impressed with what you guys had done. And because I was. But then to realize that God is not impressed with the same thing. So that, that is, so you say, don't quote Bible verses, but the one that does come to mind is about trembling. And it's what I think that God will esteem us doing great things. And yet the end of Isaiah, he rebukes Israel for thinking they had done a great thing. And he says, listen, guys, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. 
where is a house that you can build for me? They think that he's going to be impressed by building a great monument for him. And he says, this is not what I esteem. I don't esteem the great accomplishments. What I esteem, and this is what he says, this is the one that I esteem or the one that I lift up, the one who is humble and who is contrite and who trembles at my word. And I I think that's what we learned together. We learned what humility looks like in the middle when all of us, all of us faced job and career shifts, transitions while we're in the middle of it. I call it my midlife crashes where all of a sudden we lose a step. Uh, We got younger people who are quicker, faster, think quicker on their feet, taking our jobs. and, And instead of seeing them as competition, stepping aside, I love what you just said, Tim. This couple that's coming in, oh, it's an upgrade. You're saying, I want to launch them. I don't want to stand in their way. I don't want to do a Saul thing with David. I want to launch them into what God has called them to and see my transition is shifting. That now in the season that we're all in entering right now is we are in a season of launching others. It's no longer about our accolades, no longer about us getting the next, our name on the billboards and things like that. Something is, I have to die so that someone else can live. And God has gifted us to be encouragers. We got enough old men out there who are saying, oh, this generation that's around right now, oh man, problems. In my day, instead of doing that... (laughs) We get to be those who are launching a new generation saying, keep going for it. And this is the phrase, Tim, you always, at some point in all of our times together, you'd always say the same phrase. You know what I'm going to say? Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) We're still here. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We're still here. here. We're still here. We would have such difficult times and then... We didn't see answers or anything, and then maybe we don't see answers the next time we get together, but it's, hey, but here we are. You know what? We're persevering. We're pressing on. We're maybe not enjoying it, but dang, we're in this together, and I found a lot of encouragement in that. And and here, maybe to change the subject, but I just thought of something. I'm encouraged by so much these days by something Duncan you and Anthony talked about early on in our skitting together that I had not heard before. And I think it goes back to Larry or something, but Isaiah, where it says, we'll soar on wings like eagles. And then the run we'll and run faint or no yeah. run, not, and not grow weary, not grow weary. And walk and not faint. And then you guys, for the first time, I, I, maybe it was Larry's interpretation, but it was that that's the how did you word it? The kind of the evolution of life. Yeah. And now, well, the, yeah, the crux of it was I was preaching my last message at a church years ago that imploded. And I ended the message by saying, Do you want to rise up on wings like eagles? wait on the Lord. Do you want to fly like an eagle? I was doing my old, I can't remember saying that, but I, I was, my whole vision at that point was the goal of the Christian faith was to rise up on wings like eagles. And then afterwards, Philip Yancey was part of our congregation and he walks up to me and he, all he says is, you do know there's more to that passage, right? 
And that's what paused, caused me to pause and went and re reread it. And then a few weeks later, we were at a mutual friends. And I said, do you think Isaiah is giving us a glimpse of what it means to transition through life, through the soaring years? We've all had soaring years. Uh, the, the young men who leave the nest and go out and find their wings and soar. And then we have our running years. And that's when our wings get clipped and we're no longer soaring. Now we are on the ground running through the trees, but we still have the energy to run and we're running hard. There's just more obstacles in the way. Some people call it midlife crisis. I call it midlife crashes. And we, all three of us have had doozies of midlife crashes. And now all of us are transitioning into that last stage where we are walking with the strength not to pass out. Yeah. And that was, I think, the thing that I love is Larry gave, when you say we didn't, we're still here, Larry asked, he said, I want to make sure that we say this at my funeral. The thing that he hoped would be said is he never quit. And it's the same idea as we're still here, we're not quitting. Paul would say, we are not those who shrink back. And yeah. so that's the thing that I go with both of you. You're not men who shrink back. And I needed men who were leaning into the transitions like you are right now, Tim, leaning into them going, we're coming into our walking years and I want to make sure we're walking in love. Uh, I want to make sure we're not walking as grumpy old men, but walking, we've got enough angry evangelicals out there who are complaining about this generation and all the divisions. I, I want to see old men and women who are finishing well, like Larry did, and that was said of him. Yeah, finish well without quitting. Uh, yeah. I, I actually remember another thing that Tim said. But before I get to that, were you going to say more, Tim, about what that? No, that was that promotion. It was finishing well. That's what yeah. we really want to do, the three we're along the way. Yeah. But we still need each other and the Lord, or I know I won't finish well. Christine is amazing with us walking together, her and I, but uh, guys, and it's not guaranteed. There's too many examples in the Bible of guys that were <laughs> pretty dang awesome, but they didn't finish well. And I know that our wives were very encouraged by the time that we had together, and they were like, oh, be with these <laughs> yeah, guys. You're going right. to gain some perspective. You're always going to come back, like you said, Tim, a little more encouraged. I, I, I will tell you one of the things that the time did for me, and this was just a slow progression, but what a gift this was. I, I had pastored for so many years, 27 years, and I was so used to wearing that hat the pastor, pastor of Artuli. And I'm a chaplain now, I do hospice work. But back then, it felt like I needed a title. I needed something to describe who I was. And the Lord graciously, he did wonderful things while I was a pastor. I have a lot of gratitude when I worked in the churches. But the Lord really wanted to get down to something deeper than that. He wanted me as a person, as Anthony, to emerge. And 
over that period of time meeting with you guys, I believe that really happened more. To as uh, today, yeah, I'm a chaplain, but I really don't care about that title. What I care more about today is just meeting people as Anthony and allowing, as the spirit permits, to speak about the struggles that are going on in my life, if appropriate, to speak about them and to speak about the incredible ways God is moving in my life and just meet soul to soul. And our time, and even this time, I feel it. And I think it was probably providential that we didn't get on last yet yesterday. Maybe we were all needing to be more prepared by the spirit. But even now, as I, I talk to you guys, I feel like this is soul to soul. This is very incarnational. Yeah. And I could weep about it. We're going to think about just the gratitude I've had for you guys. But even now, like Duncan, you said, we're picking up where we left off. But to, to think that the spirit right now is with us, right in this moment, mm-hmm. as we're talking, is an ast- that's an astounding realization to yeah. believe. Father, Son, and Spirit, eavesdropping in on the conversation and doing what they do best is to redeem us, Mm. to instill courage in us. One thing I remember you saying, and this was at a particular time we were meeting, Tim, and you said something like, how much time do we really have left? Maybe 15, maybe 20 years? We can do that. We yeah. can do it. We can. We and we yeah. laughed so hard. We got a lot less now than we did then. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. By God's grace, we have fifteen or twenty. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. That's up to the Lord. But I just remember thinking, that's so true. We can do it. You know, yeah, we're struggling hard, but we can do it. There's a better day coming, and the best is yet to come. I think we said that a lot together. And just the reality of that reality that heaven is coming gives us it gives us strength and courage to move in whatever the spirit wants us to do. Yeah, this is the difficulties that we're going through now. This is the last time in all of eternity we're ever going to go through these it I like 76 is the average age a man dies i'm 64 yeah. okay 12 years we'll say yeah 76 i got 12 years of hardships and getting to see the lord in the midst of that doing whatever he does but it's 12 years of hardships even if it's just really just brutally brutal 12 years and then i got eternity home and it's yeah we can do that we can i'm just we can do it and i just think here's another thing you guys you two will get it you guys watching or listening the podcast you won't get it because you don't know me but i two week two weeks ago i had to sell my motorcycle oh no my gosh and see those reactions that (laughs) the motorcycle I 
love my motorcycle. Oh. 30 years. My wife bought me a Harley when I retired from the major leagues. And so for 30 years, I've just had an, a love affair with the bike. And God meets me on the bike. I have great, just, it's, but I had to sell it financially and stuff. So two weeks ago, I sell it. And Christine wants to talk to me about it the night before i'm taking it in she's like, man how are you doing and stuff and i just said i can't even talk about it i just don't even want to talk i didn't and then i went to bed and so then i got up got on the bike went to the gas station and i got a 45 minute ride to the dealer and i got on the bike and immediately god took you guys are up on the chosen and watching the chosen sure yeah yeah so it's incredible and so anyway the last episode of season three it focuses on psalm 77 and part of it and god just took me right to that where it says and it's just so cool the way they do it in the show but when it gets to where i will remember the deeds the Lord has done. And it was like, as soon as I got on the bike from the gas station, that, that popped into my head and I was so sad and bummed, but then that popped into my head. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about seven, 30 years of my bike and my experiences riding through every Rocky mountain road in Colorado and loving it being around in Tennessee and the Natchez Trace Parkway, all these different experiences. And I was just I always love the stories. Overwhelmed with thankfulness for having I had for 30 years. And by the time I like the Lord, I just let the Lord just go. And he just took me to all these memories. And I was just thankful and I remembered that was a gift from God that I had for it an unbelievable passionate gift he gave me and it was like and i got there and did the transaction christine and nicole came like 15 minutes later picked me up and christine's gone so i get in the car and she goes how are you doing i'm pretty good i am so thankful and i'm telling you i could not have I would not have had that perspective in 2014, 15, 16, 17 when we were meeting you guys. We it I I wouldn't have done that. I would it, my perspective, my but God has brought me to a point where and he made even selling my bike okay. And you guys can mm-hmm. understand that and even since then it's been like great it's okay no problem that's where we're at and that's growth and it's oh there that was like yeah we can make it we're gonna we're gonna make it through and i'm gonna i'm gonna tuck that one away because and hold on to it because i know how meaningful the the bike motorcycle was for you Mm-hmm. And to hear, just to hear you talk about it, feels like trembling and trusting. Oh, it blew me away. It still blows me away that, God, you did that. That was like you made it okay. And uh, we're going to make it. We're going to be okay. That is the, But when you see a solid example of, oh, that's growth. That's something God did. 
And it's man, he wouldn't have been able to do that ten years ago. And no, the thing that that strikes me is it's not the last time that any of us are going to do that. We're going to take a lot of things that we have valued in life, and we're going to say thank you for the season, Jesus. This one's yours. We may and horrors that this yeah. comes our way, and but we may do that with wives, with children. They may do it with us, where we go thank you for the season. And help me in those transitions the same way every other transition you've walked with me. But I do have, I love, and so if Tim said, we're still here, Anthony always said, the best is yet to come. Yes. And so I, the truth is, that's real we, because of the hope we have in Jesus. So Tim, I have one request. The first ride in heaven, I want to go with you because we never had a ride here on earth. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. That's going to be fun. Oh, I'll, I'll be riding on some angel or something like that. You guys can be on heavenly motorcycles. Is that the hey, brand? Guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows what the brands are? Boy, that we've gone 45 minutes. I, yeah. I would love to uh, take a break this, and then go another 45. We could easily. We'll have to do that. That's so wonderful. Yeah, we'll do it again. I, I guess I want to ask one question to you guys, if you could answer it. What would you want to say? What would you want to leave the people who are watching, who are longing for something that what God has given us? What would you want to leave them with? What would you want to say to them, if anything at all? I have an immediate thought. In a world of isolation, do life together. Find friends, spiritual friends, mentors, don't abandon relationships. That's the easy way out. Um, so Larry's commitment was to a relational revolution, that we would find radical discipleship through relational risk. And that's, I think, what we've experienced. And there we're richer because of it. And we go to, we'll go to our graves, not, Larry always said, I want to go to my grave without any secrets. You guys carry secrets of mine so that I don't carry them alone. So go, don't live in a world of isolation. Do do life together. That'd be my thought. Yeah. And like I said, when we got together, my perspective changed. It didn't change when I was just sitting there by myself. I've known myself for a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't trust my perspective. I can't. It changes and shifts. And, and, but with other people, it, God just, it's a lot easier to get our perspective back where He wants it when we're with other guys. I, I always equate it to I, the Holy Spirit is in me. He's in Anthony. He's in Duncan. And, but, Sometimes, a lot of times, that but man, I don't know, I'm just by myself. And so it's like the Holy Spirit is just sitting there and he's not getting stirred up. But then all of a sudden, we, the three of us, get together. And maybe the three of us are just caught up in life and the Holy Spirit's in us, but it's just sitting there. It's like chocolate milk, some chocolate syrup at the bottom of a glass of milk. We get together and then all of a sudden, it's, oh man, we're encouraging each other. And and it starts getting stirred up and then the chocolate gets mixed in with the milk. And now all of a sudden it's like, it's full. And that's, 
what happened time and time again, and it will happen whenever we get together with other men that are wanting to finish well and to press on where we're at now. I appreciate it, guys. And the thought that comes to my mind is very much along the same lines as what you guys just said. I don't know if this is Eugene Peterson or whoever it is. Such a good quote. We cannot be ourselves by ourselves. That's right. And the Trinity is a relationship of three, Father, Son, and Spirit. We are made in the image of God, which means we are made relational. That's right. And we are... We walked together relationally together. We would all use that word. We walked relationally and still walk relationally together. And that doesn't mean it, it was always easy. There were awkward times. And there, I think there were more hard times than good times that we were going through back then. But even in the hard times, it made it like it was okay. And it was... yeah something good came out of them and so i love that i wouldn't have wanted to get together with you guys if we all had our lives going great and so it wouldn't have been as threatening i wouldn't have fit in <laughs> guys I, we could go on and on but i just i think we need to stop here and let the spirit do what he wants yeah um, thanks kep yeah thank you kep thank you kep and thank you larger story and thank you for all the people listening may mm -hmm. god May the Spirit of God do whatever He longs to do in your life, and may you trust Him to do it. So thank you, and take care. Thank you. If you like what you heard today, hit the like button just below. Then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel. For more resources on relational spirituality, go to our website at largerstory.com.